You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, as we talk Nebraska basketball, as um, it's starting to pick up with more recruiting and schedule talk and just other nuggets Robin's picked up here as we're in the offseason. Uh, but, Robin, um, probably the biggest story with Nebraska basketball was Bryce McGowan's. He played in the Iverson Classic All-Star Game, kind of another version of you know the McDonald's All-American or you know games like that out there. What was the big takeaway with Bryce on that stage? Well, first of all, that was the All-Star Game because there was no McDonald's All-American Game. They did like all their stuff virtually, you know, because of COVID stuff. And so this was the only national All-Star High School basketball game for the twenty. 20- um, 21 class. Uh, and so this was a big deal. I mean, literally it was a who's who of the best high school basketball players in the country and future lottery picks, future number one overall draft picks were playing in this game. And Bryce was one of them. And so as a result of that, you know, it was hard to stand out. I mean, you're standing up against like, like I said, the, the best of the best, but you know, he still was able to make his mark in a way. It was a two day event where the first day was uh, some practices and then a skills competition with a dunk contest, all that stuff. And then the next day, uh, I think they did another practice and then um, were able to play an all-star game and NBA scouts were able to attend that and watch these guys live in person. So uh, talk about an opportunity and um, in the game itself, he only played minimal minutes. I don't know exactly how many minutes he played, but it wasn't much. He came off the bench, uh, ended up with six points. Uh, he had a stretch where he hit a three. They got a stop. They threw it out to him for a, a breakaway dunk, and that was kind of the highlight of his night. Uh, but the story, the bigger story, was the, the night before uh, during the, the skills competition, he finished second overall in the three-point contest. And so a lot of people look at Bryce as this kind of get-to-the-rim, uh, you know, explosive finisher type guy. Well, he showed that he has uh, just as good of a, a perimeter game as, as anybody could have expected. And so uh, that was really good to see. You know, him able to showcase stuff like that. And, you know, while he didn't have the biggest impact in the game, there were some reviews that came out from just evaluations. And one of them was uh, from Jonathan Giovanni, who is basically regarded as one of the best uh, NBA scouting uh, analysts out there, works for, for ESPN. And he just raved about Bryce and said that, you know, he has all the, the skill set, the, the frame, the intangibles that NBA teams are looking for. And uh, NBA scouts are going to be keeping a very close eye on him uh, this next year in Lincoln. So a great opportunity for Bryce and a great opportunity for Nebraska to be able to, you know, one, get Bryce potentially to the league and two, have Fred at another more recent five-star player that came to Nebraska and ended up making it to the league. I mean, you talk about five stars of like Isaac Copeland was a five-star. Was he a four? Yeah, he was five. I mean, that, that but they, they had to get him like the untraditional way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so this as is far obviously as high school. He's the only one. So, yeah. And when you look at a guy like him, I mean, is it just like, a foregone conclusion. Everybody just knows he's going to start. I mean, when, when you like start to build your roster, like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to be hard. I mean, just because of he's talented enough uh, and he can do different things. Um, 
we'll see. The strength thing is the biggest thing with any freshman. Uh, I mean, he's he's a wiry kid that uh, maybe his biggest weakness is being able to finish through contact, especially against big 10 level front courts. So how well he adapts to that, just the physicality of the, the high major level will ultimately determine where he starts out but clearly talent wise he is every bit as good enough to start from day one all right robin i want to ask you about something else you you talked about this off air um, but it's a really interesting nugget about one of nebraska's 2021 recruits here um wilhelm breidenbach yeah wilhelm breidenbach and he came in as a six foot nine rivals 150 guy but is he still six nine yeah, so really interesting story that uh, just kind of came out of nowhere the last week or two. Um, you know, assistant coach Matt Abdelmasi was on a local radio station, 93.7 The Ticket. Um, and One of our affiliates. Yeah, one of our affiliates. And uh, just dropped this random nugget where, you know, he's, he referred to Wilhelm as 6'11". And, you know, they were like, wait a minute, 6'11"? Well, he's listed 6'9". It's like, oh, yeah. Well, uh, over this past offseason, he went to a specialist because he realized that he had a, a hunch in his back to where he was kind of hunched over. And so he went to the specialist that got him to work on his posture and stand up straight or straighter. And as a result, <laughs> just by being able to adjust his posture a little bit, he went from 6'9 to borderline 6'11. And so now all of a sudden, Nebraska has this kid that uh, is a – Inside outside threat. He's ambidextrous, finishing uh, at the rim. He shoots three pointers with his right hand. He shoots at the rim with his left, uh, and you know he can he can beat people off the dribble. He could shoot, you know, upwards of 40 percent from three point range. Uh, his team's undefeated right now. Modern Day Academy down in California. Which, they're playing ball right now. Yeah, their player season's going on right now, and they're killing people. And so uh, this is a reason why I, before I even knew he was six eleven was pointing to Wilhelm as a guy that isn't getting talked about nearly enough. Obviously, Bryce McGowns gets a lot of the pub and, um, you know, C.J. Wilcher and, and all of the big names they've been able to bring in uh, over the past 21 class. But this guy, he committed early, so people kind of forgot about him. And then he is just a guy that just keeps getting better. And he's getting taller. And I, I really like what I think he's going to be able to bring to where you talk about immediate impacts. He's right there at the top of my list. If he's six eleven at the start of the process, is he? Is, how many more offers does he have at that point? I mean, that changes things. I mean, there's a like again. We talked about the last segment about just forty times and stuff like that. If people look at six eleven and they see that you're shooting the way that you're shooting, that that changes the game because you're bit. affecting that many more shots. Exactly, and the. Those that, that that height differential can can make a big difference in a lot of different ways, especially when it just comes to perception. And, you know, Wilhelm, he's got the goggles and everybody just kind of writes him off because he doesn't look the part. But when you tag 6'11 next to watching the film of his game, he's he's got some dog in him. I mean, he's not afraid of anybody. And, like, they, they play against some of the best competition in the country. And so he's playing five stars on a nightly basis. You know, Sierra Canyon, you know, playing against LeBron James' kid and all that stuff. So, I mean, like, he he's not afraid of anything. And I, that's what I'm saying. I think he's got a great opportunity to come in and be an immediate impact guy as a freshman next season. Well, I know who our uh, his name image likeness deal is going to be with our friends at Coogler Vision that had a <laughs> one year agreement. Uh, they might be looking at Wilhelm as as a, as a name image likeness possibility. Yeah, he might. But you know what? He's he's embraced the, the goggles nickname. I think he likes it. It's kind of part of his his game. So he's got he's got a Kirk Rambis going. 
You, you know, it's, I mean, one of my good friends who played college basketball, Jared Anderson, who was a coach of North High for Coach Justin Patton in high school, he wore goggles growing up. And uh, once he got in high school, I think he got contacts or did some, but he played with the goggles. You just don't see it that often anymore. I think it messes with people's heads when they see a guy with goggles because, like, usually dudes that wear goggles are really intense. And so you got you to gotta know you got to bring it against dudes that, that rock goggles on the court. And lastly, Robin, schedule news, not big earth shattering schedule news, but slowly but surely the non-conference chips are coming together for Nebraska. Yeah, they've added uh, the most recent game was a home game against Kennesaw State, which you know, a lot of people were excited about that. But you know that game is going to do exactly what you would think. It's going to give Nebraska a great opportunity to get better, get some depth uh, on the court, and more importantly, win a game. And so uh, they've got Idaho State at home. They got Kennesaw State at home. Um, Creighton at home. Uh, the Big Ten ACC Challenge, which that's the opponent won't be released until later this this summer fall. Uh, and then uh, they're at Kansas State at home because uh, remember that game was supposed to be played last year starting in Kansas City in a neutral site game but because of COVID that got postponed so they're in Lincoln this season and then in Kansas City in 22 and then in Manhattan in 23 so uh, obviously some things still to be determined people were asking about the Gavit games the Big Ten ACC crossover or no Big East Big Ten Big East crossover Creighton is now Nebraska's Gavit game opponent so don't think about that as a potential addition to the schedule for whatever reason they just started to say you know what you guys play every year let's just make it your gavit game matchup so the nebraska will no longer have two big east games right wow i know they they it's that's only been a couple years what ago. a bad deal for creighton i know and nebraska i mean creighton was getting like wisconsin or exactly. you know they were getting a quality so so as a result of that you're going to see both those schools and really everybody else really pursue consistently those neutral site multi-team events you know they did the golden window uh thing (laughs) in lincoln which it was what it was but you know they were supposed to play in the myrtle beach invitational and then that got scrapped so um they will probably play in something like that this year that will give them some high major opponents on a neutral site which helps boost your net boost your net rankings uh while also not having to throw you directly into the uh, woods of a, a true road game. So like Marquette, Wisconsin, that's probably a Gavit game yep. now. And then Xavier, Ohio State type yeah. of the game. I mean, I don't know how it works for other schools. I wonder if they just <laughs> got tired of scheduling Nebraska against people. But yeah, I mean, I, I that's, like DePaul. Are they just going to play Chicago and Northwestern? Kind of. I mean, just games yeah. that make sense. It's almost like who are we going to match Villanova up with? Yeah. I mean, that, like we're going to put Villanova against Michigan state and Michigan exactly. and kind of have that marquee game, but we don't really care about the Nebraska yeah, game. I think the, the, the annual tag probably only applies to some schools. Cause obviously they want to put Michigan state against Nova. Yeah. Those types of games. So, you know, it, it is what it it's is. It's like the Big Twelve, uh, Big Twelve SEC. It's like, who are you going to? Ha- how many times could we have Kansas and Kentucky play? Yeah, you know, and, and that's like almost every year in that deal. Yeah, and you know, it's like the the Big Ten ACC challenge where Nebraska only plays teams that the football team played in the Orange Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> we will match up this 1987 Orange Bowl yeah. classic. They're going to play Clemson for a fifth year or something. Clemson, like that. Miami, and Florida State. We only match up old Orange Bowl matchups for Nebraska. I'm hoping that they get pit this year. Uh, I think that would be for one. It's it'd be get a good Notre miss. Dame on there. It's a winnable game, and you know you got the the Trey McGowan's you know connection there, so there'd be some fun storylines, and so who knows. All right, when we come back, mailbag time. We'll take your questions. You're listening here, to the Oscar Line Show.